grow yourself and grow your marriage. Christian Jana here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode 100. 100. You guys, Chris. Dude. How long have we been saying we're almost to 100? <laughs> we did it. It's episode 100. But you know what's actually funny is this isn't as exciting because the... <laughs> Look, well, there, here comes Killjoy here. Well, just, no, 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 no. It is exciting. It's just it this. I feel like I'm going to cry getting on here today <laughs> because it's been so hard just trying to get on the mic and podcast. It really has. I mean, ever since we had our fourth baby, at first it was like, okay, we can do this. We can still do this. We're used to having a lot of kids. He would sleep a lot because, you know, new babies sleep a lot. Well, dude is almost 10 months old now, and he's not napping as long. He's not... Um, he's into everything and it's just getting harder. And I feel like we've said this a lot lately and I'm sorry. And I know that if our podcast coach was listening to us, he would be like, shut up. We don't have a podcast coach, by the way. Well, we did. <laughs> we had someone help us start the podcast. We, we had don't a, have pod- a podcast coach who listens had, to our show. We had, sorry. It just made me sound like I was lying. We had a podcast coach before we started our show that we had to teach us and give us tips on how to start a podcast. True. And in the beginning, they listened, him and his wife would listen to some of our episodes, our trial episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my point is he would say like, stop discrediting yourself True. by saying these things. And lately we've been discrediting ourselves by saying this is hard and yes. promising things and then having to go back on them. And the thing is we're not trying to, do that. We're just trying to be honest with you guys because honestly, we just announced like publicly on social media our fifth baby, which by the way, Chris, do you want to tell them? Guys, I I did it. A second you did it. Boy. You did it. I did, I mean you do determine there's the a gender. lot involved here and <laughs> I did it. I implanted a boy. I implanted a boy. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't know, we've got three girls, a little boy. And now we're going to have another boy. So God is good. We're super excited. We feel super blessed. And the whole reason, wait, well, why was I saying that? So we're having another boy. We're super blessed to oh. have more distractions. Yeah. <laughs> right. And when we announced that, I got a lot of messages, of course, of congratulations. But I had a few friends saying to me, like, you should, like social media friends saying, like, you should write a parenting book. And like, I can barely say that without like spitting my coffee out because, it's freaking hard. I don't have this all together and I don't no. ever want to portray that I do. And so that's, this is kind of teeing us up for what we're talking about today. Yeah. And here's, here's the thing guys, like imagine starting a podcast and being like, Oh man, just getting to episode 100, that milestone is going to be so amazing and thinking to yourself like, Oh, it's gotta be great. It's gotta be, it's gotta be rich. Super special and be, like a yeah. hundred tips for marriage right. or a hundred this. Right. And so we've, there's gotta li- be balloons. And yes. So we have literally been racking our brains and been like, okay, like this has to be, you know, such a great episode and it has to be indicative of, you know, where the, where the show's heading and all this different stuff. And that's been kind of keeping us back from being able to plan. And so, <laughs> Truth is, in 
in real John and Chris fashion. Uh, we're jumping on here, episode 100, and we're just going to be real, raw, <laughs> authentic with you. And, you know, there's not much of a plan here. <laughs> no, well, yes, because last night we had a really good conference. Sorry. Last night we had a really good couch conversation about this. Whenever I uh, started explaining to Chris how I had like a revelation yesterday in the middle of a hard day. And we were like, once we finish up the conversation, of course, like, shoot, we should have had the mic on because this is real life and it offers a different perspective or I think a different perspective, at least it did for me. And I feel like sometimes that's all you need. Like listener, you who's listening need is a fresh perspective, a new way to look at something, new way to expect something and to hear you're not alone. And then you feel like you can kind of get through another day. So I agree. I agree. So this may not be like one of those milestone episode 100 (laughs) episodes. Uh, It, it's just something on our hearts that makes sense. And we're hoping, like she said, that, uh, it helps you guys out. So I, really where a lot of this stemmed from is, and before we get comments and trollers who are like, all they do is talk about how hard it is to podcast and they get on and podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, chill out, Karen. All right. Just Karen, hang on. Poor Karen. I know. I know. But so this episode is literally going to be attacking that lie in our heads. Yeah. That. Oh, you can't podcast. You have four kids and one on the way and so many things happening. And I can't say how many people, you know, message us and they're like, man, when are you guys going to stop having kids? Are you, <laughs> you talk about how hard this is. Like, this is, I mean, like, but, but you keep having the kids. So I mean, I'll, it does seem like one, a cycle of insanity. It is. I'm going to tell you why though. So let's you into our life a little bit. Yesterday was our oldest child's sixth birthday, big six. Sounds so much older than five. Feels weird to think that we've been parents for six years already. (laughs) And never did I think on the day that we brought her into this world that six years later, I, we would be expecting a fifth. Never did I think I could keep a human alive for six years. That that happened really fast. I'm actually thrilled about that. You did it all. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) anyways. uh, So, you know, I build myself up with these expectations because of who I am as a person of like, this is just going to be a great day and we're going to shower her with love and it's going to be so good. And she's going to be so grateful and happy and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So the day started out good. We have this thing that we do with the kids where we wrap their little presents the night before and set out balloons and cover the floor in balloons and stuff and just kind of give them something special, special breakfast when they wake up. And that was good, right? Lola was good. She was happy. She loved her present. She got roller skates. She keeps going skating shoes. That was fun. But then it wasn't fun. Uh, Then it just turned into the rest of the normal day. I was stressed. I was overwhelmed. She was being disobedient. I had to put her in timeout on her birthday. And I hated having to do that. The girls kept fighting. Ledger was fighting sleep. And so I get to this point where I'm like laying down with Ledger uh, because also I'm pregnant and I'm tired too. (laughs) And I'm like laying down with him, trying to get him to go down for a nap. And they just, Chris is downstairs on a zoom call for work and the girls are just fighting and they keep letting out these terrible screams that actually, I think like pierce my nerves. I think, yeah. Anyways. And they kept coming in and out of the room and every time they did, it would wake him up. And I started feeling myself get so frustrated And then it just like, in true God fashion, 
washed over me. Like all of a sudden, a moment of gratefulness in the middle of that washed over me as I'm looking at Ledger and snuggling him. And I start thinking, and I really do feel like this was because I, I, I literally, I think like that's like my new word. I say literally a lot. Literally. Yeah. I got to work on that. Um, I started praying like, God, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. Why are my kids being such jerks? Like why we're trying so hard to raise them right. And we're trying so hard to teach them to be kind and they just keep fighting and they're not listening. And like, I can't do this. And right after that is when I felt this, that, that revelation to this peace rush over me and started thinking about, you know, okay, we're having another one. And then, then that's when all these lies start coming in of, you know, things I've even heard people say, like, why would you have more if the ones you have are hard? And I felt like God was like, I called you to this. I called you to this life of a big family and a podcast and homeschooling and all these things. I didn't say it was going to be easy. Like you're being refined. You're being grown through this. And where did you hear the lie that it was going to be easy. And so that's when we started talking last night. We're talking about just thinking about the characters in the Bible. At what point can you think of any character in the Bible who God called? And I believe we're all called to an extent if we'll, if we'll listen. And they just had smooth sailing. You know what I mean? Like he told Mary, she was me pregnant with the Holy Spirit and she wasn't married. And that was really bad back then. And she had a lot of ridicule and almost lost her fiance. I mean, Noah, he called Noah and he was ridiculed and he had to put all this hard work into building the most giant ship ever by hand. You know what I mean? We we were just reading in Acts, the apostle Paul, he called him by the way he was like a murderer of Christians before he was called. That's a whole other story. But one day he was completely stoned to the point that people thought that he was dead and he wasn't. And the next day he got up and went back out and started preaching. They, they drug his body out of the city. Yeah. And then he like came to and like <laughs> beaten and bloody and stoned down. He went back into the city. Yeah. So just, those are just three examples of it's like, just because you're called doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And I started thinking about internet trolls again, people who are like, you know, well, why do you keep having kids? Like, why did you choose the career you have? Do you love your career? And I'm sure plenty of people are like, no, <laughs> but there's plenty of people who do love their job. But like, does that mean it's easy all the time? Did you choose your spouse? Does that mean it's easy all the time? You know, we picked this big, beautiful house. Does it mean I love it all the time? No, it's freaking hard to keep up with. So it's just like that launched our conversation of where did we buy into this lie that it wasn't supposed to be hard to do the, these things. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it, it hit both of us when, when you're talking about that, I was like, man, we, we should, we should talk about this because truthfully we're all, we're all going through something. So what, whatever stage you're in in life, maybe it's like, man, marriage is hard. Like I, I, I had this expectation that it wouldn't be this hard or, or we, we talk about, we talk about it all the time, how we see examples of marriage and movies and shows and different things like that, or, or kids, you know, like, I can't tell you guys how many times we have encountered people we know or family or just different people who were, who just assumed that their kids would just develop. It's just like, oh, well, this is, this is just the process of life. Like my kid's naturally going to learn these very, very simple things that 
they should already know, you know, like, oh, they'll just naturally learn how to, how to tie the shoe. They'll naturally learn how to do whatever. Right. And the fact of the matter is, although it hurts for people to hear me like, Oh, you know, maybe my kid can't do this or can't do that or can't do that. Like, okay. For instance, uh, the other day I, I went out and I taught Lola how to ride a bike and I'm sitting here thinking to myself like, Oh my gosh, like it's taken me a really long time to get out here and teach her how to do this. Cause we have a lot of kids and it's really challenging and stuff, but I'm out there thinking to myself like, wow, like I can't imagine how many parents are like, man, I'm so busy. I can't teach my kid how to ride a bike. And oh my gosh, like it, the kid's not ever going to get on a bike and figure out how to ride a bike. Like we've got to teach the kid how to ride a bike. We look at our kids and, and their behavior and we think like, okay, if they're, if they're talking back or, or if they're hitting their brothers and sisters and doing whatever, we just automatically think they're going to just grasp it someday. Just because you no, want them to. It, it, it's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard. And like, like you said, babe, it's just like somehow, some way we've bought into this lie that like, oh, well, because I want to be fit, it should be easy to go to the gym. I should be excited every day I wake up to yeah. go to the Why? gym. Why? Well, right? and accepting the lie of like, well, this person over here, well, that's just their metabolism. They were born with good <laughs> genes. <laughs> like <laughs> I wasn't. So like that sucks. Like I wish I just naturally was fit. Yeah. I mean, I felt that way before. I've been super like a good friend who she's just always been thin and fit and like literally would have a baby and then her stomach would be flat. And like, I've let my mind go there before. Like, awesome. Like, yeah. why can't I just be naturally? Well, since I'm not naturally that, like I'm just gonna eat a donut. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to, when there's resistance to just not do anything about it or just wish for it. I've seen so much of that. And even in myself of like this someday mentality when I have money someday, someday my marriage, someday my kids, someday my job, all these things, but there's not any effort towards yeah. those things. We just expect they're going to fall in our lap. Yeah. And I do think a lot of like the marriage stuff, and I know we probably say this every other episode comes from things like the movies and the books where you just see like the happy, fake BS happily ever after. They don't show you all the real issues that come no. along with marriage they make it look like it's easy it's hard every single thing in life you know that old cliche if, if there's anything worth having it's gonna be hard right so i even look and i know we're jumping around a lot of examples here but i even look at the current job i have so i'm in operations and sales now and managing a bunch of guys in a specific industry that is not uh not typically a bunch of winners right a lot of turnover. And the fact of the matter is like, I had a conversation with these dudes and I'm like, look, well, what do you want? Like, do you want to be a part of a long-term company? And here, let, let me show you, like, here's the opportunity in this company. You can make tons of money and, and you can enjoy your job and, and you can do this, that, and the other, but guess what? You're going to have to be refined. You're going to have to grow with us and realize there's growing pains. And some, some weeks you're going to work 60 hours and other weeks, like it's going to be less. And there's, you know, hot seasons and hell weeks. And like, there are so many hard things, anything we do guys, anything we do. And the reality is that we, again, have bought into this lie that everything should just fall into our laps. And I am, seeing in almost every single area like that that is just 
that is just something that we, I guess, can't, I guess we can't grasp it. You know, um, you break down, you break down anything, anything and everything that we do. And I just think the most important thing to realize and understand, like if you're listening to this is whatever you are going through, there is a refining period. The, the last example I'll, I'll give is in entrepreneurship. So I, I ran my business for years and entrepreneurship is super hard. But I remember reading this book called The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster by Darren Hardy and I loved it. And the most important, insane thing that I wrote in that, that I read in that book that I just loved was he said, entrepreneurship, there are more bad days than good, but the good days are like basically make up for the bad days. And isn't that how it is in everything? <laughs> like everything is hard. Yeah. Maybe not more like, cause I was just thinking trying to relate that to parenting. Once say there's more bad days, but there's more hard. Oh my gosh. Yes, there is more easy. bad days. I totally disagree. That's fine. I don't think I, there's more bad days. Think about it. I don't think there's more bad days. I think there's more hard moments than those easy, joyful, like <sighs> moments. I don't think like overall the days. Maybe are it's just worse. having five kids or four, four kids and one on the way that makes me feel that way. Yeah, well, I have that too. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm saying like the days. Yes, there are days that are really terrible, but in in general, I don't think. I think it's more the moments. Like there's more hard moments than there are the peaceful, joyful, like motherhood moments. Anyways, um, you made me forget what I was going to say. Sorry. If you forgot, I can, I can go into the next piece of this. important. Well, I did want to say, I did want to say this. So especially for us Christians, I think it's important to, well, in general, it's important to understand that expectations can kind of shape, not kind of shape how we, face things or how we show up for things. And one thing is we Christians got to stop thinking anything's going to be easy because the Christian life we're called to, first of all, isn't easy. And in the book of James, it literally says, uh, this is James 2. It Okay. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you have that. I can't read right now. Do you want to read it again? I'm going to try again. <laughs> James 2 through 4. Count all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So my point here is it says when you meet trials, not if. When everybody does, and steadfastness is endurance. Yes, but the perspective is there's a reason for it. It says it's it's producing endurance for you. It's growing you. It's, it's hard, but there's a purpose in it. And I think when we can look at it that way, it, it kind of takes some of the pressure off and we realize that like, we're not alone and God's got us and that this is good for us. This, these hard days where I feel like I just want to lock myself in the closet and cry because I don't understand how I'm supposed to raise this many little people and how I'm supposed to do all the things I'm supposed to do every day. I can understand when I can take a breath and look at this perspective that it's producing an endurance in me. It's growing me. It's refining me. It's, it's helping me to continuously rely on God because sometimes when you feel super blessed and when things are just smooth sailing, it's easy 
to stop your conversations, stop your praying, feel like a little bit like, okay, I'm good. Like I don't, I don't have to rely on God as much anymore. So this, this hard that we're experiencing right now, while we are so very blessed is still keeping us in constant communication. Cause I'm telling you, I cannot make it through a day without, yeah, without him. Yeah. Uh, something I, I brought up yesterday that I'll, I'll bring up here on the mic is it's funny. The Bible talks about how it's harder for a rich man to get to heaven. It's not saying rich people can't get to heaven. It's not like, Oh, well, if you're rich, you're screwed. That that's not what this is about. What, what it is as, as practical as possible as a Christian is you realize like, Oh, wow. Because the world tells us the answer to happiness is money and material objects and all those things. And if you can make money, you can create your own destiny. What, what happens is people shoot for that. And then once they have it, there's almost this form of delusion in their brain. They're like, wait, I thought, I thought this was it, you know? And so we, we feel less of a need for God if financially we're doing well. Usually, usually that would be the case, at least for us, right? And so I told Jonna, I was like, you know, the fact of the matter is if you took me all the way to my deathbed and then you rewinded my life and said, okay, you have two choices. You can either kind of live by the skin of your teeth um, and, you know, depend on God and really stay close to him and see and feel a need for him all the time. Or I can give you everything worldly here and you can try to motivate yourself to, to feel like you need God and stay close to him. I would take option one all day, all day. Which sounds crazy to a lot of people, I'm sure, but we've talked about it before the year of 2020, when we just really were just uh, down to nothing. We have a whole episode on it, brought us closer to God and closer to each other than ever. So I'm not gonna lie. I started spacing out a little bit while you're talking because I was wow. Thinking, that means everybody else was too. So I guess what I was saying wasn't very engaging. No, it's because I was staring at the calendar and I just started thinking. Um, well, also what we we're talking about is thinking about like athletes and Olympians and all these people and how many more hard days oh, yeah. and how much hard work they have to get to that one glorious moment. And then yes, like, yes. Oh. Let me, so so think about it, guys. It's like we watch a sport. Right. The truth of the matter is that athlete is probably practicing or lifting or conditioning their body 15 to 1 from, you know, practices to games. And then you finally see these guys in like the one Super Bowl or that one massive playoff game or whatever. Right. And there's a very, very short period of time where they're able to um, kind of uh, take all of their hard work and put it into this one box and say, here it is. Was it worth it type of thing? And I think sports can teach us a lot because you look at sports and you're like, wow, like these guys literally, I mean, think about it in its most granular form. Let's say like you're the spouse of a professional athlete who's traveling all the time and working hard and exercising. And, you know, of course you have a lot of perks, but it's also an incredible amount of discipline and it changes your family lifestyle. And there's so much sacrifice that your family has to go through and all this stuff just to get to the pinnacle of what you want to do. Right. And then you do it and then you're like, wow, was that all worth it? But isn't that how life is? Like I firmly believe as we, as we get older and having the amount of kids we have and all that stuff, like I don't think God ever 
promised us. Things would just be, uh, yeah, like just pretty smooth sailing, pretty easy. And always those those mountaintop moments, those uh, yes. Olympics, those Super Bowl moments. There's We get little glimpses of those right. here on earth. And right. that's where the eternal mindset comes in because in heaven yeah. it will be like that all the time. It will be winning the Super Bowl type moments and when you know getting to the top of that mountain moments or seeing your child do something that you've been like begging them to do for years type moments in eternity and God's gracious enough to give us glimpses of that kind of joy here on earth which I still assume does not compare um but we got to endure we got to endure the race there's another is it in James 2 where it talks about being rewarded in heaven for enduring this the, the trials of this life, basically. I mean, I think that's in the same chapter, right? I don't remember if it's James 2 or what, but yeah, I mean, I, like literally it talks about, and I'm not sure what, what book or, or verse, but maybe it's Matthew. It does. <laughs> it seems like it's always Matthew, <laughs> but uh, it talks about how when we get to heaven, like God will literally give us crowns for what we did on this earth. The funny thing is <laughs> it, it somewhat backfires because when you're in heaven, you're probably just going to be like, dude, I'm just glad to be here. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even need a crown. But people were literally making it into heaven who didn't do anything with their life. And then God will be like, well, there's really nothing extra for you <laughs> because you you really didn't push yourself or do this or do that or do that from our understanding. And then other people would get crowns for, I don't know, uh, having five kids and doing a podcast, right? <laughs> well, probably <laughs> no. like ministry and type right. things. I don't know. Right. Well, that leads me to a good topic that we've been talking about too, and that I think it's t- totally ties in and is good perspective. Is we learned, I think we both learned this recently, that the husband, the male, the father, will stand before God one day and give account for his children and how they were raised. So while we're doing this as a team, like Chris is the one that's got to stand up to the big man with how our children have turned out in life. And that's both probably scary for you and encouraging for us to realize that there's so much more than just, yeah, we've got kids. We're going to take care of them and push them out the door when they're 18. Like we are molding them and shaping them to be people after God's heart to grow up and impact this world in a positive way, because Lord knows we need that. And we're going to be held accountable. So what the reason I'm talking about this is because we talk all the time, parenting is hard. Parenting is hard. It's hard. And if it's easy, I challenge you to think about if you have to stand before God and he says, you know, how did you, how did you do? Because truthfully, truthfully, these children are not ours. They're God's. He gives them to us as a gift, as part of that that joy here on earth on loan and hopefully that we get to spend eternity with as well, but they're his children. And so how are we stewarding this gift that he has given us? How are we taking care of God? God, I know that word can be so watered down, but the creator of the whole universe (laughs) chose these children. He knit them in my womb before we even thought about being married. He chose them. So it's like, that is such a, it's a pressure, but it's also a a driver, at least for us to realize like, this is so much more important than just pacifying them with snacks and screens so that they, so we can get through another day. And I'm not saying that's always wrong. And I'm not saying we never do that because trust me, 
it is so much easier to turn on a movie and get something done for them <laughs> for anything than, than it is to continuously try to simulate their little brains and having them do the right things and stuff. But yeah, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than just making it through till they're 18. I think what you're talking about is prioritizing our own comfort over the growth of our kids. Because it's hard. Truthfully. Yeah. So the fact of the matter is, and we need to constantly remind ourselves of this, and this is kind of the grow yourself part of this, right? And parenting is a big piece of this because obviously we have a lot of freaking children. So we're going to talk about parenting a lot and we're not amazing at it. And so we're, we're just going to keep talking about the refinement of parenting. But the fact of the matter is we are living in a way that prioritizes our comfort over our kids in so many ways. Like that, that is, that is just the way things turn. It's like, no, 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 no. Just in general, in general, for the vast majority, we wonder why kids end up being a-holes entitled right entitled little jerks who who just um contribute to society as just another body right and, and yeah. are acting the same way and we're just basically recycling the same type of little jerks out into <laughs> i feel uh awfully motivated about this um <laughs> but the truth is we are prioritizing our own comfort and that comes from saying like, man, it's hard to raise these kids and it's hard to do this and it's hard to do that. And it's hard to teach our kids. It's, it's hard. Again, we're going back to kind of the beginning of this, bringing it whole full circle. Like it's very, very difficult. Do you think that the goal of this episode was to say hard 100 times? Maybe. I'm wondering if we've said it yet. Maybe I, this is, and again, we, we could listen back to this and be like, man, that was kind of random and oh, it sucks. It was episode 100, but I don't know. It, it's just a real piece of our lives right now. And I don't want to get this confused and have this contradict our episode about knowing your limits because we're not saying this is about willpower. Mm-mm. Yeah. We're not jumping into that personal growth, that toxic positivity telling you like you're enough, just do it, just pull up your pants and do it. No, we're saying don't expect it to be easy. Understand that there is a purpose in the hard but like, stop trying to rely on yourself <laughs> because truly we, well, we're in a sermon series right now at church called Not Today, Satan. And it's been really helpful talking about spiritual warfare and things that just mainstream does not talk about and realizing that we literally need to wake up every day and we're going into a battle. And like, it's funny because Chris and I will like laugh and giggle in church like, oh yeah, it's a battle in our home with all these kids. But truly we're in a spiritual battle and our pastor has been teaching us about, you know, the importance of putting on your armor of God. And I, again, I think that probably sounds corny to some because as soon as I heard that the first time I thought of like VBS back when I was really young and just like corny songs and stuff, but it's true. So Chris and I have been trying to be really diligent about getting up in the morning and reading and then praying about, you know, just God, like clothe us in your armor, help us suit up and be prepared to come against whatever lies the enemy has for us today. Because I get lied to a lot during the day in my mind of just, you know, you can't do this. You don't deserve a fifth child. You, you know, you are failing your kids. You are 
not a good wife. You're not a good housekeeper. You know what I mean? Like you're not working on your podcast. I just get told these things all day. And if I don't get my mind right and give my thoughts to to God, because the enemy, he's the deceiver and he wants me to believe those things. So I stay stuck. And so I treat my family as if I am those things. And it's, it's really hard again. It's hard. <laughs> it is hard. Um, something that I think can kind of become maybe a little more practical uh, application for, for this episode would be thinking about the things that we need to get done that are hard. Th- thinking about the things we need to accomplish that are hard. And again, I don't want to confuse this with like, oh, just do it. Just do it. You know, uh, it's hard, but just do it anyway. Expect it to be hard. Yes, there is that delicate balance of saying, yes, expect things to be hard. And it's not going to tax your willpower nearly as much because you're expecting it and you're knowing it's coming. But yeah, give the gut punch. Oh, okay. So that was a good illustration. I was I was telling Johnny yesterday, and maybe this isn't super appropriate because she's pregnant, but I was like, <laughs> think about it this way, babe. If I said, I'm going to punch you in the stomach, you know, um, and I just kept telling you, okay, I'm going to punch you in the stomach. I'm going to punch you in the stomach. Like she'd be bracing, right? She, she'd be ready for it. She would think like, okay, this is probably going to hurt. I wonder how bad this is going to hurt. And okay, here it comes. Opposed to punching her in the stomach when she's not paying attention. Like, oh my, oh, you know what I mean? And so I think, I think that's how, that's sometimes how we, we go about things. If we are buying into the lie that things are going to be easy, it's like, oh, well, because I just saw someone lose 30 pounds and hold up their pants on Facebook. And I want to do the same thing. Like you go through this stage where you're just motivated. You feel good. You're like, oh yeah, here we go. Here I go. Here I go. And then like reality sets in. You're like, man, this is, this is hard. Or you just talk about it. Yeah. And you didn't expect it to be hard. And yeah, that's true. That There's a whole other element of people who just freaking, you smack your lips and there's smack nothing to back it up. Well, it's not even that. It's just so much as like the someday mentality. Like, like yeah, I want to do that too. I'm going to do that. I'm going to meal plan. I'm going to start my diet. I'm going to get serious. And then you just keep pushing it off and pushing off because it's hard. It's hard to meal plan and meal prep. It's hard to, I mean, like Chris and I talked about this before too. It's like, man, being pregnant with all these kids and I cook most meals. If Chris is, if Chris is having a moment of weakness, he's like, just want to get pizza tonight. Yeah. Even though I know it's not good. Like I do because it's hard to cook dinner with every single night and, you know, so it's easy to just talk about the things you want without ever actually putting a plan because for some people, even myself included, that makes you feel like you're doing something. Yeah, true. And so in the most practical sense, what it comes down to is we're like, okay, I want to do this. I want to, I want to develop this new habit. Uh, And First step, I think, is just realizing like this is going to be hard. If it's if it's something different for you, it's something that's going to challenge you. It's going to refine you, and not every day is going to feel good. It's just the truth. What whatever you have in mind, I need to make more money. I need to do this. I need to do that. Like it's is hard. Okay, maybe, maybe we're about ninety nine on on <laughs> saying hard. Right? Time. Okay, so so something I actually used to a very practical method I I used uh, when coaching clients through a lot of my a lot of my my coaching uh, was I would kind of break down for them some of the most important elements of developing habits. And this is just a practical, easy thing to remember. Okay. So 
there are four very important laws to developing habits. And I'm going to go through one that I think is the most important. Okay, so the four laws, uh, as James Clear says in his book, Atomic Habits, are that a habit must be obvious, it must be easy, it must be attractive, and it must be satisfying, right? So I'm not going to go through all of those, but I'm, I'm going to go through, I think, what the most important one is. And the most important one, and this might seem contradictory to what we're saying, it's easy. Now, I'm not saying the habit needs to be easy to do, but something that is very important is whatever you're shooting for, right? You must create less resistance behind what you're trying to accomplish. So let's just give a really good example for what we're doing. So we're like, man, how are we going to get these podcasts in? Like, it's so hard right now. It's all dependent on, okay, shoot, is the baby going to stay asleep? Um, you know, How much sleep we get the night how, before? Yeah, I was sleep. real inclined to cancel this morning. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we've, we've been trying to get it in an afternoon, right? It's like, okay, cool. So how do I work my work schedule around? Okay, cool. We have to make sure Ledger's sleeping. We have to make sure the girls aren't going to freak out and wake him up. Uh, do, do we have a babysitter for the girls? Like, There's so many elements behind this. But then you look at it and you're like, wait, that's a bad idea. It's a bad idea to let so many variables be in the way. It's more important to think about what we, what we want to accomplish and then say, how can I decrease the resistance around that? So for us, it's like, well, how do we take these variables out? Well, we have to podcast in the morning, right? Even though we're exhausted, you know? Something that is hard to do is wake up early when you're tired. And I'm sure when you're pregnant, I've never felt that, but I feel that for you, you know? So, mm-hmm. but it takes the variables out of the girl's you know, uh, freaking out and waking and the baby up and all that, that stuff. Where they were getting up right. at like five a.m. Right. We know if we get up at five thirty, we should should be good. at least have an hour. Should at be. least. Yeah, yeah. So, so that might not be uh, applicable and practical to someone listening, right? Because they might not have a podcast. Right. But how about your gym example? Yeah. If you decide, okay, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to work out five days a week and my gym's 30 minutes away and I'm going to meal prep every day, every meal. It's like, there's too many variables there to set you up to fail. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's, it's good intentions, but those are not easy. That's not an easy goal to say. I'm yeah. going to go from nothing to every single day. Perfect. Yeah. I, as a, a fitness guy, I can't tell you how many people have messaged me on Facebook and said, Chris, I'm motivated. I'm going to start waking up at four 30 and go to the gym. I'm like question for you. What time do you wake up on a normal day? I find out they wake up at eight. I'm like, no, not smart. <laughs> like you can't just, you can't just wake up four hours earlier and then go to a gym. That's an hour commute and have to, you know, plan your night before to get your clothes together and have your meals packed. So you can go to said gym and then get to work on time. It's like, no, stop. There's too much stop, resistance right? to yeah. make that a regular habit. Exactly. So something super easy, applicable is to realize one of the most important elements of building a habit as to something you want to accomplish is to decrease resistance around it. Now let's take it into a more like just let's say a more eternal example. So let's talk about raising right okay. Let's talk about improving your marriage. You know, it's like if I have if I have a habit or something that I need to build that, you know, me and me and my spouse need to accomplish together. Um, but we just keep creating too much resistance. Well, I was telling my mom last night, it's like we have never in our marriage had a whole year of life that wasn't 
going through some major change, a job change, a move, a pregnancy, a new kid, all these things. So like we're constantly having to adjust and pivot and figure it out. Um, that's not what you were saying though. What were you saying? Would you ask me? Man, you're really spacing out on me today. I'm tired. I guess I'm just, I, I guess I'm just not interested Look, today. We got up at 5.30 <laughs> and I was awake from 3 till the time we got up because of kids. I know. And weird nightmares. Pregnancy dreams are weird. Um, you said, what are what we, what's practical is, in our life that's well, a habit to grow our marriage? That's what you said. <laughs> yeah. Well, we keep creating resistance with kids because, you know, they interrupt us. Um, well, I don't know. I just, it wouldn't be realistic to say we're going to do the same exact schedule seven days a week or something like that. Like we keep trying to create routine for us or say we're going to go on a date every single week because while that's a good habit for our marriage to grow, it's not realistic at this stage of life to have a babysitter for this many kids once a week, even, you know what I mean? Is that, no, that's not where you're going. Okay. Your turn. Okay. Your turn. Well, Okay, bye. Kidding. Bye. Go, go in a listener's head right now who is dealing with something that is uh, that's just really that's just really pressing on them. Um, from let's just say from a marriage perspective. Okay. So you want your marriage to be better, but you can't stand your spouse right now. So thinking of starting some sort of a habit of loving them or reading a book together or something. There's a lot of resistance because you got to break down that wall of whatever is keeping you guys apart right now, that wall of lack of communication or resentment or whatever it is that's kind of pushing you guys away. Because truthfully, if you resent your spouse right now, and maybe you're like, oh, resent seems harsh, but if you are having marital issues, it's not easy to think you're just going to wake up tomorrow and be like, yep, every day I'm going to do X, Y, Z to improve my marriage. Even if my spouse isn't on board, like that is hard. And there's a lot of resistance to that. Yeah. So how would you? Well, let's be real. Coach Chris, we have, we have, we've always given, we've always given this personal growth esque advice to all of these things. And it's like, if someone comes to you, you're like, man, I'm just, Look, I'm not compatible with my spouse. I don't I don't feel like it's working. I feel like we're fighting all the time. I feel like this, that, and the other. And it's just like, you know what? Let me just be totally honest with you. I could say, yeah, you, you know, uh, build a routine and wake up and make her coffee in the morning and, um, and you know, build evidence for your brain to say that she loves you. But you, you, you know what the truth is? The truth is that nothing will take place long-term in your relationship and how you show up as a spouse until your heart is changed true and the only thing that changes your heart is submitting yourself to the one who made it that, amen <laughs> there, there you go right so so whatever's happening in our marriages whatever's happening uh where we're parenting our kids all that stuff what's so funny is we all just try to dance around like the actual root of the problem like uh, you could literally call me and be like, oh, Chris, I, I'm so frustrated. I feel unmotivated at work or I feel, I feel like me and my spouse just aren't communicating well or I can't, I can't get a hold of my kids and uh, like, things just aren't going well in life, right? And 
a few years ago, I'd have been like, oh yeah, hey, read this book. It'll really motivate you. Or, or hey, do this. It'll, it'll really motivate you. Or here are some practical steps. But the truth is, I'm just going to fast forward all that and stop beating around the bush for you. Nothing will change until your heart is changed. Nothing will change until your heart is changed. And the only one that can do heart surgery on you is the one who made it, like you said, like you said. And so something that's interesting about improving our marriage and our parenting and, and our situations in every form or fashion comes down to growing ourselves spiritually and spending time with God. So we are going to recommend a book. I think we will. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible. And listen, we're not saying, yes, there are books out there that could change your marriage and change your outlook and improve some things for you. But we truly do, based on our own experience and the experience of others, believe that those are temporary. Those aren't long-term solutions. You're always going to have that piece that feels like it's missing if you're not fulfilled by your creator, because he made it that way. He made it where the only true 100% fulfillment in this life, in this world can come from him satisfying that. And so, yes, for us personally, our marriage truly did not change. There were things that got better when we started investing in ourselves and stuff, because of course, like you start anything new and you're doing a good job at it. Like you feel better. You get a little more pep in your step. And so for us, you know, if like one of us is feeling good, the other ones generally like comes on board and feels good too. But truly the actual like deepness and connection in our, in our marriage did not come until our hearts were absolutely soft and softened and humbled by God. And like for Chris, I don't want to speak for you, but once you, realize like, I want to love my wife the way Jesus loves the church, because this is what I'm called to do. And you, and you started really thinking of yourself less and being selfless, selfless, selfless. Oh, there we go. In our marriage, it changed. And it just was like, this wasn't like a one event thing. It's like this back and forth of us both being refined and, and seeking God. But yes, I don't believe our marriages can change long-term without him because man, he made us, <laughs> he made us that way. And we need the Holy Spirit's discernment because I'm telling you what, we're still humans. There's been times, especially with my pregnancy hormones where I get really mad at Chris and, and it's the Holy Spirit who grabs a hold of me and humbles me and says like, do you really want to say what you want to say to him right now? Or do you want to just realize your husband's intentions and love him through this. Or, you know what I mean? You, I, I was listening to a sermon yesterday and Paul Washer was talking about how it's sinful when we sin against humans, like our friend, like our spouses and our kids and how a lot of times we take the easy way out of just like, okay, well, I'll just be nicer later. I'll just, I'll just be nicer next time he comes around. Like that was wrong. I'll, I'll just, you know, I just forget about it, but no, like we're supposed to humble ourselves, put our pride aside and go and seek out that person, especially our spouse and admit that we were wrong. We send against them and apologize and ask for their forgiveness. And I'm telling you what, that changes a marriage because nobody's winning. If I win an argument and I don't go back and have a conversation with Chris, like I didn't win anything if my spouse is hurt. We just have to die to ourselves. Yeah. I, I mean, 
literally the Bible talks about it all the time. Like die to yourself, die to yourself because, and what'd you say the other day? You said, if everybody realized it wasn't about them, we wouldn't be having the issues we're having. Any issues, all the <laughs> issues in culture right now, if everybody would realize it's not about you. It's not. All of this stuff would, would just dissipate because we could all put on our big boy pants and our big girl pants and say, oh, their anger issues, their, their whatever is not about me. It's about them and what they're struggling with in their own demons. I don't, I can release that. I don't have to feel offended by what they said or did because it's not about me. Exactly. Like, and that's the exactly. same thing in the marriage. Like, it's not about me. It's about us. It's yes. about our family. It's about God. Like, it, and when you stop thinking, like, what can my spouse do for me? They're not meeting my needs. They're not giving me happily ever after, like I thought. And stop waiting for your spouse to be the one to fulfill you because that's not their role. That's God's role. You can release them of that and you can set your expectations to be more realistic and just think about what can I do for them? Cause it's not about me. And I'm telling you, if you both mm-hmm. get on board with that, your marriage will change. Oh dude. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's insane. Your life will change. Stop what thinking did, everything's about you. Um, bring up what Paul Washer was talking about. Expect or not expectations. Um, how, what was it if your spouse, like you the expect conditions? your spouse to be certain conditions? Yeah, this is good. This was good. And I'm going to mess it up because I am not Paul Washer. No, you'll be fine. He was talking about how before marriage, especially, we all have these like criteria. And Chris and I have talked about Chris's checklist, especially. You have this criteria and these expectations of what your spouse will be, the conditions of which you're, you will have a spouse and, and what will make you happy kind of thing. And so... He said, God's a character. He almost always will bring you somebody who doesn't meet all of those conditions because our role here is to learn unconditional love. And how in the world can you be refined and learn to unconditionally love somebody if they meet all of your conditions? Again, it's like, there's no such thing as this smooth sailing. Like when Chris and I first got together, there were things about us that were very incompatible And even though I met his like on paper checklist of a wife, there were things about me that he didn't expect and that didn't meet his conditions for a wife. So he tried to mold me and teach me until he realized he just needed to love me through my issues. And same, there were things that I expected from him as a husband, especially because he was going to be a godly husband. There were things, there were conditions in my mind that would make me happy if my husband did this. And when he didn't meet them, I had to learn to love him unconditionally and realize he can't love me the way God does. And that is the lie we are told that it's happily ever after. And these people complete us. No, Chris doesn't complete me. I don't complete him. We balance, balance each other out. We are a good fit. We are but he doesn't make me whole. God does. And once again, I could release him of that condition of fulfilling my every hurt and my every need and all my trauma for my past. That wasn't his job. Amen, dude. <laughs> and look, here's. I unplugged us. Hold on. Okay. I got too excited. Are we back? <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to make Paul Washer proud here. Here's what's so interesting about this. So you go back to some of our older episodes. Maybe it was like 17 or 18 or something. I don't remember. But uh, it was where are you finding your identity, right? Mm-hmm. So like I'm finding my identity in money. I'm finding my identity in this and that and the other, right? So what's so interesting about this is 
and I was having a conversation the other day with somebody who, who called me, you know, God has it right because he says, don't find your identity in anything else but me. Right. And here's, here, here are the cold, hard truths and facts. Okay. Everything we find our identity in can be taken away on earth. Money can be taken away from us. Just taken right from under us. If we find our everything in material and money, it's, it's not eternal. It can be taken away from us. And there are no hearses that have Brinks trucks behind them or moving trucks with the furniture and the nice sectional you just bought. Hey, it's just the truth. Speaking of that, right? No. <laughs> right. Especially uh, right now, conspiracy people are saying, take right. money out of the banks because mm-hmm. everything's about to go down. Right. Oh, geez. <laughs> John is, <laughs> no, I'm not. Anyways, John is your friendly conspiratorial um, you know what? friend. So listen, yeah, just message I her. actually take it as a badge of actually, honor don't. if you want to call me a conspiracy theorist <laughs> because that means I'm actually like thinking. Outside of oh what boy. mainstream media is trying to tell me. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so it's <laughs> totally separate. So, so yeah, you, your money can be taken away. You take the money box, right? You take you take your physical fitness, right? Uh, let's be health. real, okay? Yeah, your health, your physical fitness, your your um, your beauty, you know, uh, like just whatever it is, whatever we're finding our identity in, it can be taken away, right? Like one car accident with. Uh, that you know messes up your ability to walk or burns you and and ruins what you thought was beauty okay that can be taken away from you in an instant right even our kids we put everything into our kids right well our kids are supposed to go off and get married right and so again that can be taken away and morbidly and it's so sad and obviously our friends just lost their one and a half year old like even our kids can be taken away from us like from this earth Okay, so if if our identity and lastly, our spouse, right? So if my identity is in you and your identity is in me, when I pass away, when you pass away, like what? Your world will crumble. You crumble, right? Right. You crumble opposed to a God who is eternal, who we're like, okay, God, you you had a right when you said put my trust in you and put my identity in you and and you refine me. And literally everything, everything that I am as a husband, everything that you are as a wife, like that's where we get our, our, uh, our instruction manual, right? Mm-hmm. As to how to treat each other because our identity is in Christ, not each other or and, anything not eternal. And ultimately, just to kind of in that point, it's finding our identity in God and, and having that hope. Like we can have hope through any of this hard, through any of the bad, through the most tragic things like our friends losing their child. They they have hope for the future still. They don't have to crumble and just live a miserable life now, no matter how broken they are right now. They are in pain. Yes, they are hurting deeply. Yes, but they have a hope for the future and they have a fulfillment still that cannot be taken away because their identity is in Christ. And so as much as like it would pain us to lose each other, like our everything is in each other and we have hope because we are believers that we will see each other again too. Like it's like the ultimate, I don't know. I don't want to say formula, but like, isn't it great to have some kind of hope and certainty in a world that is so chaotic? Yeah. Yeah. Look to bring everything full circle. We talked about things being hard and the things we need to accomplish and the way we need to raise our kids and all that stuff. Like to be perfectly honest with you, 
the biggest lie is again that things are easy, right? Uh, or should be easy, or should be easy. But then the biggest lie is that once that happens, you'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. Oh Absolutely. my goodness! I'll, I'll like look. Me and my wife are are striving to be debt free, and we'll be happy. Yeah, look, that's gonna help. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that's gonna help, and that'll take some financial stress and pressure off of you, right? But you do have to remember, if you're a believer, the more we accomplish the bigger the lie becomes like, oh, that's okay. Like now, now I don't need God as much, right? So not to say we shouldn't accomplish because we absolutely should, but there's there's also a little a little weasel in there that says like, oh yeah, you're fine. You you did you did this on your own. But anyway, we can look at anything like, oh, you know, once my kid is this age, once this, once that, once that, I'll be happy. I'll be happy. I'll be happy. And we're telling you now, and look, we're only 30 and 32, right? You're basically 31. Okay, whatever. But we're young, okay? But we're happy and we're fulfilled. And we don't say that to just be like, oh, yeah, look at us. Be like us. No, 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 no. It's hard. We we feel fulfilled even though we're stressed and, you know, life's not perfect and there are, and there are problems. But, man, guys, like what it comes down to is finding our identity in a good God who we can trust and that's 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 the formula. That's that's where we get our answers. So if you're searching for every other thing, you're like, okay, Chris and John, cool. Yeah, everyone has a religion. Cool. Let me reach over that and grab this book. Let me reach over here and do this. Let me do that. Let me do that. Okay, I'll try this. I'll do it on my own. I'm telling you, stop wasting your time. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't know. It's true, and it's that we don't say that in a judgy, unloving way. It's in a loving way because if you're listening to this, in in you know, I believe there's a reason for it and we love you and that's why we're doing this. And so we wouldn't be doing the loving thing by telling you to go pick up a personal development book instead of picking up the Bible. Cause we know what's going to change you long-term. So true. And if you want to grow yourself, it's the only way, the only true way, the only true. lasting way. It's true, man. We, we went a lot of places in this episode. I think so I think, I think Wasn't we're right? pretty coherent here. Okay. Cohesive. I always forget which word I want to use there. Um, yeah. So I think we got the point across life's hard. It's not supposed to be easy. If you can just adjust your perspective and understand that it's, uh, you're not failing if it's hard. Actually, it reminds me of somebody I saw on Facebook post that, if you think marriage is hard, like you didn't marry the right person. Oh, stop. And I'm just like, literally stop. (laughs) (laughs) Literally stop. Because here, here's that getting exposed right now. We inherently are selfish and we are trying to fulfill our needs. There's always a need to be met. Right. And so without God, we are constantly fulfilling our own needs. Like I'm fulfilling mine, you're fulfilling yours. And so the fact of the matter is, your marriage cannot be good if you're only focusing on your needs and your spouse is only focusing on his or her needs. Like it can't happen. And so if if you make a dumb comment like, oh, marriage is easy. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Or parenting is easy. I, you are not doing it right. Like I'm 100,000% confident in saying that. It is freaking brutal. It is hard. It is supposed to be Gosh, brutal. I didn't know being married to me was brutal. I'm just saying <laughs> it is. It is refining. No, it is. It is refining. And it so, was not brutal. But. Yeah. Don't 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 freaking believe someone who says 
marriage is easy. Like, give me a freaking break. Easy. That's what I'm saying. Don't buy these internet lies. Is dying to yourself every day easy? No. Like, I'm saying, <laughs> dying to yourself buy. every day is not easy. Don't buy these internet lies and let the enemy continue to trick you into thinking that you're not going to, you know, you can't do this because, well, I mean, you can't do it on your own. But I feel like those kinds of comments make you feel like, shoot, did I marry the wrong person? Did I, what, you know, yeah, whatever. The like, grass is greener on the other side. Look at that guy. He's doing this. Or, oh, wow. Why, why can that person stay fit and, and, that you know, and my spouse can't or whatever, right? right. So we have so many things that we look all at. All the things that yeah. they go through or like, the people who look at us that maybe struggle with fertility and they're just like, man, if I could just be like them and get pregnant as easy as them, like it's not fair. It's not fair, but you're not also seeing all the things we go through because we have so many kids and because I have postpartum depression and diastasis recti and all this stuff. Like it's not just this magical, easy, we're so happy and so blessed, which we are blessed, but like, the grass isn't greener. Everybody has their thing. And I feel like we've said that before, but it's just, I feel like that needs to be pounded into people's heads who, you know, stare at social media and they're like, oh, life is so good. Life is so perfect. Look how easy John and Chris have it. Like they need to, they need to write a manual. Like, no, uh, no, we're just figuring it out. And I do feel like got like, cause you know, people always ask me like, how do you do it? How do you do it? I'm like, well, first of all, I don't know how much I am doing it. Like I'm trying, but like God does give you like this supernatural equipping. If you're called to, to just kind of figure it out. You know what I mean? I feel like when we had two kids and our second kid wasn't sleeping at all, I remember just thinking like, how am I going to do this? Like, how yeah. would we ever have another kid? And like, yeah, it's been hard, but just you figure it out. It I don't be know. a family of seven. Family seven. So six yeah. years ago, yesterday we became a family of three. <laughs> right. And this year we're going right. to be a family of seven. Right. Yeah. Holy. So God, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. You better preach. Right. He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And yeah, I mean, you you look through the Bible. You look through all the stories of the people. Like he doesn't grant. And, and frankly, that. That's why some people are just like, yeah, there's there's no way Jesus was the son of God. Like he was just a lowly, scruffy looking, um, you know, carpenter. Uh, well, he was he was the son of a carpenter from Bethlehem. Like he didn't come from this amazing place. From and he, he wasn't some Roman centurion who was like this big, powerful, you know, uh, like figure. He was he was humble and he literally like he literally died for the sins of the world. It's like, what? What? This 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 clearly cannot be the person who came to save us all, who who, you know, said, let the children come to me when children were treated like dogs back then, right? Let the children come to me, um, you know, and went and and made it his duty to go save people who were who were prostitutes and save people who 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 knew they were broken? He didn't. We're completely less yeah. than by by yeah. world standards. Yeah, it's just like I know it doesn't. It it's incredible. It doesn't. It, it doesn't make any sense, right? But I forget where I was going with that point. It was yeah, good was at first, though, wasn't it? Was it? it was fiery. I just was wondering where you were going. <laughs> it was fiery, and there is the moment where I smacked my hand on the Bible, and you all went, "Wow, <laughs> <laughs> wow!" Can I get a name? <laughs> I think you're oh, just judgy saying, Chris. I think you're just saying again. Oh, you were talking about equipping the called. Yeah. Equipping oh my gosh. The called. 
Yes. And so back to what I said in the beginning, like just because you're called to it, you can still know that you're called to it. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And so when you ask us, okay, John and Chris, you talk about how hard your kids are all the time, but you just, when are you going to stop having them? When God tells us, I don't know. We've prayed about it. We've been like, are you sure? You sure we can handle this? Cause we're having a hard time right now. And well, here we are. So it's he's brutal. equipping us. It's brutal. So yeah, Stop guys, br- that makes it that like, was it's like horrible. Well, it's it's hard. So, sometimes it's hard. Yeah, sometimes it's just really hard. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I was going to say that was episode one hundred. <laughs> episode one hundred. <laughs> episode one hundred. And sometimes we feel like, how is it possible that we're even going to get to like one oh five? Are we able to do this in the you next know, year? Funny, within the hundred episodes, we've announced two pregnancies on the podcast. Really? Yeah. One in like the best way ever. But when you just threw it in at the end, I like, forget what episode that was. But we, literally, know. like John's pregnant by. Literally, we we put the extra music in, and I was just like, "Okay, John, I'm pregnant by." <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I know. I forgot about that. You know, it is, All and right. and we've had a lot of changes and. I think we're just rambling now. It's been an hour. We love you guys. We actually got a whole episode in. Did it. The kids stayed asleep. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Yeah. Don't forget. Wait, no. No, you go. I'm going to go. I'm just kidding. Okay. Listen, if you have questions about this stuff, like reach out to us, man. Like reach out. We love, we love talking to people. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a caveat in here. If you're reaching out to complain about your spouse and you don't plan on doing anything with any conclusions that are that come from the conversation, I'm way too busy for that. <laughs> and so is she. Okay. If you if you're reaching out because you truly are like, man, like, like what is this about? What do you guys mean by a heart change? Like, and and you just need a little bit of direction from hopefully people that you trust and feel like are authentic. Oh my goodness, we'll I make time like, for you. Okay, you keep telling we me make to read time the Bible, but it's so overwhelming and I don't get it and it's confusing. Like, yes. Let us help you. Oh my goodness. Growth-minded conversations, we're all about it. Like literally, there's there's no, there's nothing more important than relationships and people who are trying to grow. And we're busy, but seriously, reach out to us. So Re- my cav- my caveat is I might not get back to you like immediately. I'm bad about that. And I'll just do it in between work and everything I have going on. But like, it's important to me. Trust me. Like I've had, I've had people message me and I'm like eager to message them back. I'm, I'm at work. Like, oh man, when I get this done, like I want to talk to you. I want, I want to have those conversations. What's our Google number again? What is it? Five one three. Dang, we're such <laughs> we're such rookies. We're not. Chris. What is it? We're no. We're real podcasters. There's, there's like a bunch of fours in it, right? No, hold on. Oh talk my about goodness. I'm I'm just gonna talk about what the number is, but yeah, shoot us a text on that number, um, and let's let's have a conversation, man. Like, what is life if we're not growing and learning and challenging ourselves and Shoot. I thought our number was in. I'm trying to ramble here. Whatever. Oh, 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 okay. 513 620 4333. 4333. We haven't recorded much lately and we're just out of it. We were at one point recording like daily. That's crazy. Maybe we just need to do that again.
Yeah, Somehow. we need to go to the mountains by ourselves and just get a whole oh, Okay, here's what we in. need to do. That'd be amazing. You just split up our kids between a couple different people. That way it's manageable. There you which go. is so funny because this is our life every single day, but I'm like yeah. always stressed about a few hours of somebody else watching them. <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, guys. Seriously, thanks so much for listening to the Grow Yourself Great Marriage. I didn't get to say bye podcast you bye. could say bye after i'm done saying it <laughs> okay. well no you you do that afterwards oh i i do this now so episode 100 <laughs> here's my big punchy extra thanks for listening to episode 100 <laughs> covid all right <laughs> oh man now censored. i don't know we're gonna get censored what the heck vaccine covid uh what are the other buzzwords stop Election fraud. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. If this episode brought you value and offered you a new perspective, please go ahead and share it. And don't forget to shoot us a text message with any questions you have. 513 620 4333.